Hello, my friends, and welcome to this edition of the New World Kirtan Podcast. It's Tuesday, August 6, 2013. I'm Kitsi Stern, and I host and produce the show as an act of love and service to our Kirtan community. It's also an audio journal of my spiritual journey through the practice of singing and playing Kirtan. Guru Ganesha Singh, what a sweetheart. He has such an interesting background and was so easy to talk to. This interview could have gone on for hours. Guru Ganesha started Spirit Voyage Records in January of 2000, and he's an all-round mover and shaker in the world of devotional chant. He's also a consummate musician. He's been playing guitar professionally since the late 60s. I've been listening to his intricate, layered guitar work for years and have never been bored. Guru Ganesha was Sanatnam Kar's manager as well as her guitarist and support vocalist for over 11 years. And his new project is the Guru Ganesha Band with Paloma Devi. And what a fun band they are to watch and sing with. We recorded their set at Bhakti Fest Midwest, so you can experience that live performance again through the podcast. We're really looking forward to seeing them again next month at Bhakti Fest West. And speaking of that, you can find discounted tickets to September's Bhakti Fest at the New World Kirtan website. I loved having this conversation with Guru Ganesha, and I hope you enjoy it also. Until next time, my friends. Namaste. Ganesha, what a pleasure it is to talk to you today. Thank you so much for being on the show. 
Kitsy, it's a delight to be with you. I enjoyed your set so much. In West Pocky Fest. Oh, you know, Saul David Ray said that your energy was going to get everybody up out of the seat, and boy, it did. Well, I, I, I'm so happy that you enjoyed the set. I got to say, we had a blast at Bhakti Fest Midwest. Uh, you know, uh, Sridhar and Mukti and Seth and all their colleagues are incredible hosts. And uh, Sridhar and I go back to Woodstock. I, you know, apparently I wasn't even aware of it, but he was the one who got Swami Satchidananda at Woodstock. And I really felt that, uh, you know, that the Bhakti Fest uh, gatherings are kind of, kind of an e- evolution and a crystallization of the of the Woodstock Nation. I know I got really inspired, and I called the uh, uh, called at uh, 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 Bhakti Fest the Bhakti Nation because it's 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 truly a beautiful tribe that gathers at Bhakti Fest. It really it really is, and you know I'm I'm sort of loving going to these festivals because it's Bhakti Fest, it's there, it's concentrated, it's a different energy in the Midwest, but that spirit is still there. It's the same at the Denver Chant Fest. It's the same. It's that it's that feeling of coming together, creating loving kindness together and that atmosphere. Um, it's it's addictive. And if I could move there, I would. I know because it's, it's such such an instant uplift then yeah. you get within the aura of the festival you know and uh not only do you feel uplifted that it, it you know the heart chakra starts to really uh, resonate and vibrate and, and and open up and and uh, you know all you can think is wow what a beautiful spiritual family i've been blessed with yes Yes, yes, and and you know it's interesting that you brought the Woodstock, um, the Woodstock nation into it because it is it is becoming a Bhakti nation, and it's all over the world. It's not just here. It's I mean podcast downloads come from all over the world, and if you talk to people who travel the world, as I'm sure you know you do as well, you can see it, the community, the feeling of community, and it's such a beautiful thing to to watch grow. Well, you know, I've been uh, uh, really traveling the globe now for about 13 years doing, uh, you know, mantra music all over the place. And, you know, the thing that just warms my heart is wherever you go, there's communities of people that, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, that are doing yoga and meditation and healing arts, lots of different paths. But so many thousands and hundreds of thousands of people are working on themselves and are are really committed to uh, helping, you know, make a small contribution to a better, more peaceful planet. So uh, it's it's really so good for me to spend five, six months out of the year on the road. And it's just just reaffirming. And, uh, you know, because otherwise you could get a very distorted view of reality by watching the news all the time. Oh, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. I, I'm sort of, there are periods there where I'm addicted to, to that. And, um, and it's just like eating junk food. You know, it tastes good going down, but it's just not part really of, of the way I, I want my larger life to be influenced by what's going on. Although, but I want to know what's going on, do you know, but not be taken yeah, over yeah. by it. Exactly, because I, you know, I want to know what's going on too. I'm kind of a news junkie, but uh, you know, when you get out there into the real world and you, you know, do as much travel as I'm as I'm doing, you realize you get a, you can get a very distorted view of what's going on because they seem to be obsessed with the bad news. Yes. 
I guess good news just doesn't sell, but I have a, got a lot of good news to share with you. to help get a little bit more balanced uh, perspective out there to everybody. You know, yeah, granted, there's a lot of quite, quote, bad things going on, but I, I think it's it's far outweighed by the incredible things that so many loving, spiritual, creative, kind people are doing right now. It's just, just yeah. enough. Yeah, yeah, and we don't hear, you're right, you're right. We don't hear enough about it. We don't hear enough about it, and so it's um, it's good, you know, to re- to reinforce it. And music is such a powerful, powerful way of reinforcing those spiritual, um, not spiritual, those feel good. Well, they lift you to a spiritual place when you feel good, and when you've got um, you've when you've got this practice to channel those feelings into, um, it can lead to some really remarkable things. I think. Yeah, you know, Kitsy, the other day I, I met a, a, a guy who was a musician that I'd never met before, and, uh, you know, uh, yeah, in a music store, and I asked him a silly question. I said to him, I said, well, what kind of music do you, do you play? And he looked at me with a quizzical, uh, 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 you know, and quizzically says, music. <laughs> and uh, I realized, I said, wow, yeah, we're always trying to kind of, put music into different boxes but he said yeah music's the universal language there's there's no need to add all these little adjectives to it music is music and when music's right it just uplifts and it opens the heart it doesn't matter what language the words are doesn't matter what style it is when it's right it just resonates with your uh, heart and soul yes it does And, and i think it has the power to change the world um, if it's if there is music that um, that uplifts people, you know, who up uplifting people to that vibration of love that we all are seeking and we all want so badly, and um, this music specifically does that for me, and it does it does that for a lot of people, and it's so wonderful to be there, to live in that. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Kitsy, and I think it's because of the intention behind it mm-hmm. you know everybody that's that plays music at bhakti fest if you sat down with them and asked them what the intention is behind the music i think you'll hear similar things that the intention is really to t- touch to uplift to open the heart and to you know really appeal to our better angels yeah That one God or not 
And I loved that that uh, that th- what you said at the beginning in the Midwest uh, was that darling. The most the be- most beautiful mantra is darling. I'm here for you, and um and you were just so there for us. Um, it it was just. And the crowd loved it. That crowd, that Midwest crowd, wow. I don't think I'll ever miss another Midwest festival. It was so, it was so sweet. And people were so happy that everybody was there. It was, everybody was celebrating together. It was wonderful, wonderful feel. Yeah, I loved it. I loved being there with the folks. And uh, we are literally, uh, Mukti from Bhakti Fest contacted us a few days ago and invited us back and uh, you know we're just working out the logistics but uh, you know i definitely want to be there again and again and again i yeah. think uh, this was just year two of bhakti fest midwest and i, I think that it's just going to grow exponentially from here on out well i i interviewed Ragini before the midwest festival and she said you know she said we're going to make our festival bigger than the one out in joshua tree you wait and see she said the people in the midwest when they like something they come back and they tell their friends and they bring their friends and it was so much bigger than it was last year um it was really pretty great. By the way, she's magnificent, and she's such a wonderful uh, yes. guide and leader. And if she says that, I know it's going to happen. Yeah, she's she's yeah she's great. She's been a longtime friend and podcast supporter, and very precious. I was reading your bio, you know, and you said that what you're doing now with the Guru Ganesh band, it's like all 39 years of your experience in music has led to this, has led to this band. And um, it's got such a unique sound. It's, it's really, it's got these intricate guitars that you do. And then Paloma Devi, who is just like, she's amazing. And, um, and you know, it's a guitar band, and a lot of people grew up with that sound. It's a lot, it's a sound that a lot of people can really relate to. Yeah, and that was part of the intention behind it. I said, you know, because I, I love all those great guitar bands of the 60s and the 70s and the 80s, and, and I thought, wow, why not a real band with mantra music? And then, of course, you add in uh, you know, the magical voice of Paloma Davy, mm. and then add in all those wonderful, exotic stringed instruments that Hans plays. Uh, yeah. And that, you know, it, you know the, not just the cello, but the nickel harpa, that Swedish instrument you play with the bow, the sarangi, which is that incredible instrument, uh, Indian instrument you play with the bow, and the sitara, which is like a small sitar. You blend that into with the guitars, and boom, you've got something, you know, that's that kind of 
sounds familiar to people and different at the same time. Exactly. Uh, the looping that he did, that Hans Christian did with those instruments, was, uh, and your tabla player, holy cow. Your tabla player was off the charts. So, you know, and the, ba- and the bass player, I mean, everybody. It was just... Well, you know, Kitsy, I really, you know, I've been in this genre now for, you know, many, many years, and I toured with Sonatum Car for 11 years, and so I've met, there's so many incredible musicians that are now doing, you know, uh, 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 mantra music, Kirtan, and I call it mantra music because it's not all Kirtan, Kirtan being Paul Anson. And so when I put this band together, there were particular people that I felt would be perfect to be in the band. And it wasn't just a question of their musicality, but that was important to me. Mm-hmm. Because I, I wanted to deliver something that could, you know, could stand stand next to a main, top mainstream brand on a pe- festival stage and hold our own musically. But I, I, you know, I wanted people who also could really channel the spiritual energy that we're serving. And also, when you're when you're on the road with people, the energetics have to be right. Oh yeah. So they have to be kind of low maintenance people who are very comfortable in their own skin, and uh, you know are not into uh, you know how they call Obama no drama Obama. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the fact that uh, the the musicians and our support staff on the road is is very really really relaxing to travel with them because there's uh, there's very little drama. But considering we're all human beings, there's a little bit occasionally, but very, very minor. Because we want to have the energy to serve everybody, you know, that we're coming to be with and not be consumed dealing with our own issues. You know, I asked some people if they wanted me, what they'd like me to ask you. And um, several people wanted me to ask you about the Grateful Dead and your connection with the Grateful Dead. And I know that they've been a big influence on your music. In fact, I think I read that one of your uh, CDs, is it Grateful Ganesh? Is yes. About, yep. Yes, is about, uh, was, was heavily influenced by the Grateful Dead. So they're dear to my heart because... You know, Jerry Garcia lived in Eugene and and um, pretty big following out here. So so tell me about that a little bit. Oh, I would have to say unequivocally, if that's a word. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that, that, that they're my biggest musical influence. And Jerry Garcia, I call my, you know, my first guru and definitely my musical guru. And, I, you know, I was just a flat out deadhead starting in the school. Uh, September of 1968, my freshman year of college, when I went to Clark University in Worcester, and the first people I connected with were just absolutely passionate about the Grateful Dead, and it didn't take more than a few hearings of uh, Anthem of the Sun, I think it was their first album, and me listening to that, and I was, I just became an avid deadhead from that point on. In fact, um, uh, 
I was on the social affairs board in, um, I got named to it a little bit later that year and then 1969 and 70 at Clark University. And the university gave us a budget to bring, to uh, produce concerts. <laughs> and believe it or not, we brought the Grateful Dead to Clark University two years in a row. <laughs> Way to uh, go. <laughs> and we brought Janis Joplin with Big Brother and the Holding Company and Alvin Lee in 10 years oh, now. Oh, wow. And we, you know, but it, I'll never forget the time. So I got to spend some quality time with the Grateful Dead at, at Clark, and uh, I was in awe. You know, I could barely talk when I was around Garcia and Bob Weir and Phil uh, Lesh. I bet, I bet. But I could go on and on uh, for hours about how they influenced me musically. But you probably hear it a little bit here and there. Uh, your you, well, your uh, your rock band was named Cat's Cradle, and then I read that you toured with the Allman Brothers Band. Did you tour with the Allman yeah, Brothers? We toured with the Allman Brothers Band, and and the funny thing is, if I want to get the details, I have to ask some of my fellow bandmates because I, I was going through such an, a, a rough period with drugs at the time that my memory is really damaged. And uh, but uh, apparently, we did it for about six months. And uh, we opened for them, and you know, part of opening for them was also kind of being guinea pigs for whatever they were into. Hmm. And, and um, uh, it was right around just before Dwayne uh, got killed in a motorcycle accident, hmm. which which was a huge wake-up call for a lot of people in my generation. And I think that was partly responsible for me to start start looking for alternative ways to feel uplifted other than LSD and everything else we were doing back then. Hmm. I, you know, I think that we've all been blessed to have tapped into like kind of the ancient secrets to a long, joy-filled, healthy life. And uh, because most of this stuff, it's not like it, it was just invented. You know, it's just that it's, it's uh, you know, somehow you get to a certain point in your life. So, you know, for me, it was just I got, I was in so much pain and pain is a great teacher. And it mm. made me receptive to looking at, you know, some alternative ways to live. I think a lot of us who um, started on this path back in the 60s and have, have you know, like various detours and turns and whatever are now at the point where we can really see the benefit of of being involved in a spiritual path and having a spiritual path and how oh what a quality it gives to your life and how much i mean when my mother my mother passed a couple of years ago and you do you know it was a kundalini chant that got me through that it was the satanama chant and um 
There are a couple of versions of that that I just played over and over and over again because it was all about what the truth is, the life cycle, everything. And those hand motions, you know, with my fingers, I could go right into that chant at any given time when things were getting very real very real and it was very scary and but to be able to drop into that ah oh, what a gift it saved me and um chant can save you in in situations where you where things are very real and very scary and you just don't know where to turn and um that's that's the beauty and and the value of the practice and ah oh, getting to this point and having that isn't that isn't that just a beautiful and wonderful thing well, it's really a gift, and I and I, I totally understand what you're saying about Satanaman. You were probably doing the meditation where, as you say, Sa, you're applying pressure with the tip of your thumb and your index finger, yes, and, uh, and uh, you know, then with the you know the middle finger, and then the Saturn finger, and then and then the little pinky, mm-hmm. and you know that just doing that and doing it with the mantra it's 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 like it's yogi budgie say that you're massaging the four zones in the brain and i i find it so deeply relaxing and then also just you take the word because that's basically the sat nam kind of broken out into four syllables satanama and that was the first mantra yogi budgie gave me when i met him in 1972 and i was like well you know what does that mean and he goes sa light ta soul nam uh, I am, I am, and he basically was saying that you know uh, that there is a light inside each of us that's that's brighter than a thousand sun, suns, and that's who you really are is that that incredible divine light, and um, you know it's a good reminder. So I, I oftentimes whenever my mind is spinning out of control and stressing or feeling anxiety or fears. I'll sit down and do that exact same meditation, Kitsy, and it just keep it brings me back and reminds me, oh right, I am the light of my soul. I am the light of my soul, and all my affairs are going to be arranged just like the birds' affairs get arranged. Yes. You know, why am I worried? The birds don't worry about their next meal, and they're covered. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like the mind is a very bad neighborhood, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want nice to go. Yeah, you don't want to get too involved in there, though. You know, or don't listen to whatever it's throwing off because, boy, it can really, it can really cook your goose if you if you go there. And um, you know, to watch my mother dissolving into that oneness, into that light, and and to be with her and hold that space and and know that it was all good. Um, uh, actually, Sanat Amkar's ch- version for children was the one that just over and over again while my mother was dying, um, you know, everything uh, everything goes to God, everything goes to him and comes back home again. Those, those are not the exact words, but but it was like so com- so beautiful and comforting. It was beautiful. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, there's some of the, the songs on Sanat children's albums are for adults too yeah they're phenomenal I, you know and i was fortunate enough to do all the guitar tracks on our first children album she just released another children's album which once again it's just a masterpiece and it's it's wonderful not only for children but for us because inside each of us is a child you know Satana, Satana. 
I think that kundalini yoga has really a lot to offer. Um, <clears throat> and, and I think that a lot of people who are familiar with hatha yoga and, um, and the Sanskrit chants see kundalini yoga and say, God, what a natural fit. I mean, it's yoga and chanting, but we don't understand how, how to do that. Or, or I, I wonder, you know, do you, could you recommend a resource that, um, that, that somebody like me could start with to learn a little bit about kundalini yoga and maybe combine the yoga that I'm already doing with chanting to make it even more powerful? I, I find the best way to learn is not out of a book, but to find somebody, you know, locally, Take a class and see if you resonate with the teacher because, you know, it's also the messenger is so important. Yes. And there are so many certified Kundalini Yoga teachers now, but you got to find you find one that, you you know, you really resonate with, uh, you know, on a personal level. I mean, and Kundalini is, is really, I mean, it incorporates all the asanas that you practice in Hatha because I started with Hatha Yoga. But it just adds in a little bit more strenuous and a little bit more, more variety of breathing techniques. Uh, it uh, 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 vigorously employs mantras and chanting and also deep silent meditation. I mean, it's, it's, it's very all-encompassing. I think, you know, all the yogas are interconnected, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I've, I've taken a lot of different yoga classes other than kundalini but the main reason i practice kundalini every day and i do i practice it every single day is that in 20 minutes i can i can completely transform myself it's very very powerful it's, i call it kind of a yoga for jet setters who just don't have a lot of time and they need they need to make a quick transformation into their real you you know into their real self I don't, I don't really have two hours anymore in the morning to, to get it done. And, and, and sleep deprivation is highly overrated as a spiritual practice. <laughs> I need my sleep. <laughs> because that you know that those are the generations that are inheriting the planet yeah and I, I am so inspired by my my children's and grandchildren's uh, generations they they're, they're more evolved they're more loving they're more kind and they're particularly way less judgmental than you know our generation mm-hmm. and our parents generation and that's beautiful and, and that bodes very well for the planet Kitsy you know oh you bet 
Oh, it's so wonderful to to watch it to watch it happen and to see this happening at the festivals too that the younger people as as older people um, such as Sham Das who I so appreciate you mentioning at Midwest he's, he was such a presence at Shakti Fest even though he wasn't there everyone was mourning him and um, but you know younger people are stepping up like Vijay from the Kirtaniyas he's filling that void he's stepping in and he's holding that space that's a big space to hold um, but you that's know you right, can see like- Paloma Devi. I mean, I, that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have young people in the Gurganesha band, like Paloma Davies oh, and yeah. Trip Dudley, who's in his early 30s, because you know these guys are amazing souls. And uh, and and the other thing I wanted to do with our band was to to appeal to a, a, a you know a younger demographic, because it, you know I'm I'm you know still praying every day that I can serve Thy will and have some positive impact on the planet and. You know, if you can touch the hearts of people in their 20s and 30s and open them up to, you know, this kind of, you know, positive intention, you know, music and vibration, then, you know, then you definitely ding the universe to use a a Steve Jobs uh, phrase. Mm It's inspiring. It's inspiring, and it's um, it's a it's a reason. I mean, you can see the the track, you know, from from the '60s to now, and I think yoga has been, uh, you know, yoga has been the, the people get into yoga for physical fitness, and then all of a sudden they discover a world, and um, it, it's so. It's one of the best things about doing this podcast is that to see people's eyes light up when they discover this practice and like where has this been all my life oh my god this is just great and then they go off and they buy all these cds and they're really into it and they show up all the time you know for kirtan it's it's the best it's the best if you look back i think the late 60s and woodstock that really even at the time people were calling it the dawning of the age of aquarius you know in the song Mm -hmm. it truly was the dawning of the age of aquarius but now as of and 11 11 2011 we've moved into the age of aquarius if you know if you follow any any of that and i, I you know the age of aquarius is the age where 
consciousness moves to the forefront and people of consciousness become the real leaders on the planet. And it's happening. I mean, look at what Oprah is doing. Yes. I mean, she, you know, and I brought that up at Buckby Fest, but she's a great leader. Yes. And she's now she started her own network. And one of the main reasons she started her own network is that she could, she could move the, her programming in the, the direction of consciousness. As you can see, when if you watch her Super Soul Sunday shows, which she's done with Ram Dass and Gary Zukov and Thich Nhat Hanh and all sorts of amazing souls. You know, so so we're really in the age of Aquarius. And look, at even just the fact that we elected a, a, a guy like Barack Obama, and God knows that's the most challenging job on the planet. He's dealing with, uh, you know, so much Piscean consciousness. But he really is a great soul, and it's just phenomenal. And look who elected him, the 20-somethings and the 30-somethings, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. So more and more we're going to be moving, that, you know, people of consciousness are going to become the leaders, not just the spiritual leaders, but the political leaders. And then I believe, maybe even in our lifetime, Kitsy, that a worldwide enduring peace is going to manifest. And it's going to be beautiful. And there's going to be Bhakti Fests are going to have 100,000 people, you know, not just two, three, four, five thousand people. Yeah, well, I can see it happening, even though right now, you know, it feels like the depths of despair with some of the things that are going on in the world. There are green shoots everywhere. If you look for them, they're everywhere. And everywhere. it's such hope, you know, that, that this, this is the last gasp of the old order. Peace has begun. Oh.
your future projects. Tell me a little bit about about the tour that you're. It sounds exciting. Well, we, we so so many blessings showering down now on the band and everything. It's just you know my I'm just overflowing with gratitude to the universe. And so we've got coming up. We have a 27 concert. In 25 city tour that we're co-headlining with Dave Pamola mid 10, and that's going to be magnificent. We're doing, you know, each each of us going to do a full performance each evening. So it's going to start at seven and go to about 10:30. Wow. We'll play from you know from in the seven to 8:30 range. There'll be a half hour intermission, and then of course the magnificent magnificent Dave Pamola mid 10 with Minos and Manish Devore will play from. From about nine to close to ten thirty, and we may do a closing piece together. And oh, it's a dream. Me, ten, and I have talked about this for years because we became very friendly when Sonatum and I were touring together, and we'd be intersecting periodically with them. And so, I think that is going to be absolutely a, a movable joy feast. You know. <laughs> well, they are phenomenal human beings who truly, you know, they don't just talk about it; they live it. And uh, if you know, if you get t- uh, to spend some time with them, they, they are just uh, sh- uh, showering everybody around them with love and goodwill. And uh, I, I, I just feel so blessed. It's been a dream of mine to spend more time with them because we were always kind of, you know, kind of timing our tour so we weren't in the same city at the exact same time, you know, because, you know, Sonata and I were touring, we were drawing similar audiences. but. Now to get to spend nine weeks with them, I, you know, what can I say? That's, that's great. That's great. That's going to be wonderful. Um, And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's, it's great that you'll be bringing, I mean, your, your styles are very different, but they're also compatible. And so um, what a wonderful evening that's going to be. I Hmm. think so. I think people are in for a treat and we're, you know, we've selected really beautiful theaters and uh, that have good, ter- uh, wonderful sound, and we're traveling with a full sound crew and lighting crew. So there's gonna, and we're even gonna project all the words to the mantras up on a on a big screen so everybody can sing along. I mean, you know, we're we're doing this at a level that hasn't been done in this genre before. So pe- people are gonna go, and I think it's the kind of thing that even people have never been exposed to mantra music and Kirtan can go and will just love the musicality and they'll also you know just really enjoy the sounds all that i mean there's some amazing uh, singers amazing instrumentalists you know manos on the flute doesn't get any better than uh. that hans christian on all his instruments mm. manish devore you know uh uh, uh, uh guitar david's voice paloma davy's voice oh wow see what an evening it's going to be uh, people can go if they want to get tickets, and most of the most of the shows. I'm not sure about Portland. Most of the shows, they're actually these are theaters with assigned seats, so you can kind of click in and pick where you want to sit. Uh, and I know tickets are moving very rapidly, so you know it's good to get them early. But you can go to brightstarevents.net. That's brightstarevents.net, and then click on the you know the. Uh, uh, display of Dave and Me 10 and Gurganesha Band, and it'll take you right to the whole list of concerts and cities. Yeah, well, don't miss this one, guys. This is going to be really great. So um, thanks for letting us know where to get tickets. Um, and oh, I've you know, been, I forgot to mention, we yeah. also be at, we're going to be at uh, both Dave and Pramal and Me 10 and the Gurganesha Band are going to be at the Buckley Fest in Joshua Tree. Oh, of course. 
Can't what is forget. that, September 7, 8, 9? And that, that happens right before. Then we go fly the next day to Chicago to start the tour. But that Bucky Fest is going to be amazing. Yes, it's amazing. certainly it certainly is. It's the fifth year celebration. And um, it is September 5th through the 8th at Joshua Tree. Um, and it, uh, it's always an amazing celebration. But um, this year especially because it's the fifth year. And so, fifth, uh, fifth year, year anniversary. And for us, this will be, I mean, this is the big Bhakti Fest. It's going to be the first time the Gurganesha Band has played at the Joshua Tree Bhakti Fest. And also, Sanatam Kar is making, with her band, is making her first appearance at a Bhakti Fest. Yes. Listen. And I think we're both playing Saturday afternoon. I think we're on the main stage. So that's going to be a real treat for the Bhakti Fest audience who's never heard Sanatam Kar in concert, because I'm telling you, you, you know, uh, her voice can rest tears from a stone gargoyle, you know? Well, ah, uh, yeah. You know, she was the first, um, well, we came to see you guys up in Portland, and um, my son, that was the first exposure that he had ever had to Sacred Chant. And he, I mean, all of us were just transported. It was such a beautiful evening, and it, it will be really lovely to, to feel her energy in with that energy of the greater, I, I, I mean, Bhakti Fest... I think last year there were three thousand people there, so that's that's a lot of that's a lot of people to be chanting with. It's extremely powerful. So to have her there and with her, that angelic voice of hers, oh my! Yeah, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to to seeing uh, everybody's reaction to her and her reaction to the Bhakti Nation. You know, <laughs> <laughs> well, your reaction was pretty funny. Cracked me up. <laughs> I, well, I was like, I got so moved. I said, I've really felt home. You know? Yeah, yeah. I said, These are my people. This is my tribe. Yeah, this was one. Of, that was one of the great moments of that concert. Uh, I put that up on Facebook, you know, because it was like, I'm home. I feel like I'm home. That was great. You know, at that at that concert, you um, you said something, and I've been thinking about it ever since. And I just wonder, as we're as we're finishing up if you'd comment on it you said yogi bhajan said that whatever you leave behind on the spiritual path will manifest later in a higher form and i'm just wondering how that has played out with well, you i'll tell you the quick story so here it was it's um um uh, late spring 72 and i'm like living in an ashram in um well, it's actually late spring, spring 73. I'm living in the Washington, D.C. 3HO Kundalini Yoga Sikh Dharma Ashram. But I'm still playing in my rock and roll band, Cat's Cradle. And we had landed a recording contract with Pure Southern Music. And I had just spent two weeks in New York City. I mean, it was like a, a, a young rock musician's dream in this incredible uh, recording studio on like the 73rd floor of the Empire State Building, I think, you know, and, and, and I was the only one doing Kundalini Yoga. The rest of them were still just heavily into all the different drugs. And, but I was so clear. And during that two weeks I played, so I was the lead guitarist in the band and wrote a lot, a lot of the music. I was playing the best guitar of my life because I was so clear and I was getting up. They were going to sleep as I was getting up every morning to do my yoga. But they were also tormenting me, you know. They were really kind of upset that I was on the yoga path, and they kept trying to entice me with drugs and every other conceivable temptation. And finally, I get back, and the recordings were really good. 
I think they're still online somewhere. And uh, I, I, I was fortunate enough to have a chat with Yogi Bhajan. And I told him that it, it was really tough for me to be with them and to be on the spiritual path and to be doing the yoga. And he, and you know, he encouraged me in a very nurturing, loving way to kind of leave the band behind, which was, I mean, they were my family and my tribe for four years. And what he said, he says, he said, and I wasn't Gurganesh at the time, but he, he said to me, he said, you know, son, whatever you leave behind to walk the path of yoga, to walk the spiritual path, it will re-manifest for you, you know, your band, your music will re-manifest for you down the road in a much higher form. And I, I used to tell that story on the stage with Sanatam because I every night when I was sitting on the stage with Sanatam and Manish Vyas or uh, Ramesh Khan or some, the amazing musicians that we toured with then, I looked around and I would think of what Yogi Bhajan said and I said, boy, boy, was he right. And now I look around and, and I have a almost, a you know, now a spiritual rock and roll band, very similar on a certain level to my old rock and roll band, but better in every way. Oh. So, more. so that's what I meant. <laughs> that is a great story. That's a he great was story. like so right on. You know, when you get, you, know, you have a great teacher like that. You know, uh, there's certain things they tell you that are just have so much impact and they end up ha being so true. So I'm ever grateful to Yogi Bhajan for that and many other things that, uh, you know, I, I probably would be, uh, uh, you know, we'd be celebrating my uh, 40th or 35th anniversary of my death if it wasn't for, uh, if it wasn't for, uh, you know, me being blessed uh, to meet him back in 72. You know, I think a lot of people who are on this path now who have lasted, like Krishna Das, um, have all have similar stories uh, and how this, how a, a guru and this music help to turn their life around this practice um it's 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 remarkable and the more stories i hear the more grateful i am to be involved in it in a small way i mean it's it's a beautiful beautiful community and a beautiful practice and i just want to thank you so much for ah for taking the time today to just share share about your music and your life and your history and i know that um there are a lot of people who are curious about how you got to where you are today, and it's wonderful to hear. Kitsy, this has been a real treat. You know, I, I feel like we've just had this wonderful chat over uh, over dinner, you know? Yeah. And uh, and my, I got to say, just talking to you, my heart chakra is spinning right now and really vibrating. So yeah, thank you so much for helping uplift my day. Well, you have done the same for mine, and I have listened to your concert several times and just gotten back into the energy of that space and I can't wait until Bhakti Fest to hear you again. I think we're playing Saturday afternoon on the main stage which will be great. Oh you know, that's with, a good time. The sun out nice and bright maybe even a hot day that'll be fantastic. Oh I think I can guarantee it'll probably be hot. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'll have, to wear, I'll have to wear a visor with my turban. <laughs> Now that'll be something to see. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much, and I'll, I'll look forward to seeing you in Joshua Tree in September. Hi, Kitsy. Much love to you and all your listeners. The Guru Ganesha Band's new CD, A Thousand Sons, is available on Amazon, iTunes, and at Spirit Voyage Records. 
Tickets for their tour with David Pramal and Matan are available at brightstarevents.net. Grace then. 